Hello, this is the Purple Psychology Podcast. This is episode 123. I'm going to do an episode on homeschooling and personality. I'm Dr. Nisha O'Reilly. Ironically, a lot of the people I work with who are homeschooling have arrived here because it's the last ditch effort. They've run out of road, which is very similar to where people are at now. They're homeschooling not out of choice, but necessity. And what I say to people is it only has to be right for now. A week is a lifetime for a child. And one of the other aspects I repeat is that personality is an inconvenience in school. So don't let it be the same at home. For a lot of parents, what they really seek is for their children to have confidence. It's like the holy grail of life. When you know who you are and how you express yourself and how you work best, you can conquer the world. It really is that simple. So what I'm going to do is I have four categories of the ways that I think about people. And I'm going to talk a bit about the tells so that you can recognize your own child. I'm going to talk about the sort of pitfalls and labels within the school system that they quite often attract. I'm going to talk about the positives of homeschooling, but also the potential pitfalls and downfalls at the moment. So the first group, I've nicknamed them hedgehogs, because people tend to be multi-talented, they have a diverse set of interests, they tend to master a topic and move on as children. So they may be really into sewing this week or cooking next week or art or tennis or whatever their interest is. But they tend to, once they have mastered it to a certain level, they tend to get bored and move on to the next thing. They tend to relate better to adults than their peers. And they tend to be excessively creative from very young ages. They will always love creativity and love arts and crafts, but also innovation. They'll never make the Lego that's on the box. They'll always come up with their own ideas. Quite often within the school system, they seem to have a lot of literacy difficulties because they take in such vast amounts of information that they actually find it very hard to read in a linear way. And they also tend to be seen as gifted um, because they get ideas very fast. And one of the things that happens is they tend to zone out in school by second grade, about the age of eight, because they get bored with the teacher repeating ideas. And so what happens is the teacher repeats things and they, they feel that they've heard it for the third time and nothing's changed. And by that stage, they're not listening. But unfortunately, the teacher's thrown in an extra little nugget the third time they've said it, which they miss. And so they can go from being exceptionally bright and doing very well very early in school to suddenly plateauing and dropping off the scale. Obviously, the great advantages of homeschooling and home learning is that you can tend to do accelerated learning. So you can tend to introduce them to topics that are beyond them in order to keep their interest level and topics that are peripheral. And at the moment, there has never been a better time to homeschool. There is so much of a multitude of amazing material on the web from all sorts of people. When we're at a time when David Attenborough is teaching us biology and geography, we really are lucky people. I don't normally have access to those kind of resources to send to people. You can obviously have a huge diversity to the day. There's no sense of boredom for these people. And they can obviously set the work to their own time. 
and they can pick and choose and jump between topics and go backwards and forwards, which quite often is very restricted within the classroom environment. These people tend to have very long life paths, and so they tend to pick up lots of information and possibly follow lots of careers and end up amalgamating them and putting them together at the end to create something slightly innovative and different. So there's, again, this is a time when they can have exposure to a huge amount of what's possible in the world and how you can bring so much together. And even I encourage these students to study the biographies of other people to see that the roadmap doesn't go from A to B. There's a whole alphabet there to follow and a whole trail and a whole different order that you can do it in. They are always outside the box and they always tend to pick outside the box careers. And I think this is a time of innovation and thinking of doing something very different. And there is a lot of new stories to present to these people of people in businesses and companies who started to think outside the box. And I suppose in the past, we've only had examples of how people reacted in a wartime society and how you make changes. Whereas we're now living in a real reaction zone for, for them to experience this and see how innovation can change everything. So the pitfalls are obviously if you don't have enough diversity, if you are just depending on sitting on Zoom sessions with very prescribed work, don't expect them to not zone out. And in fact, I read a really funny cartoon on the Motherwell page, I think it was, where it was a tweet that was shared where um, a child was found doing something entirely different to what they're supposed to be doing during their class time. And what they'd done is they had taken a photograph of themselves, screenshotted themselves and posted it in um, on the screen so that the teachers thought they were present and they were like, well, they'll never know. Like, there's 30 people and they're only a tiny little photo. They won't see that it's not changing. And, and the parents said, then there were only 10. You know, So there is an element at the moment that if you don't bring a lot of diversity in, they will find really innovative ways to do it themselves. They always need more access to adults. And this is, you know, they will quite often have teachers that they really like and really admire. And so they'll enjoy going to school or enjoy going to outside activities because they have access to other adults who they admire and who they, they, they take great interests from and ideas and this whole idea of the life path and how you end up at a career and so on. So I'm really encouraging people to do that at the moment, to bring in external influence for that reason. They tend to be very high achieving and... They like to have a sense of external validation and a sense of competition. We use competition a lot to have these students do well. And they have it, They tend to sack up a lot of awards and accolades at very young ages. So at the moment, I'm really encouraging people to go for poetry contests and art competitions and so on. And again, there's a whole multitude of things to go for at the moment and a, and a lot to apply for. But that benchmarking and that sense of validation outside of your own home is very important. So I mean, that's the first group, that's the hedgehogs. I'm going to move on to the next set now. Okay, the next set are called birds of paradise. I think I call them this because they, it's very easy to ruffle their feathers. Ironically, these people tend to be predisposed to school refusal. So 
a lot of them have already been homeschooling, um, again, on this sense of not fitting in and staying at home because they don't want to be in the school system. So some of them are feeling quite happy at the moment. And some of them are the people that you've been trying to drag out the door for the last number of years to school, and they're actually feeling quite chuffed at the fact that they're getting to stay at home. They tend to be very popular, ironically, when they do fit into an environment and they get over their own sense of overthinking and anxiety. They tend to be very popular but not necessarily let people close. And that tends to happen um, in their late teens in particular. They will suddenly end up with a huge diverse group of people. But they do tend to all communicate very well online, so they're probably all doing that quite happily at the moment. They don't talk a lot. Um, they need a lot of processing time. Uh, they'll never tell you what's really bothering them until they're ready to. They tend to have a very alternative style. I often warn parents that they will be the ones who will want to have piercings and tattoos and so on and dye their hair various shades of you know green and pink and so on. And they tend to have very diverse friends. And they also tend to be very creative. They can feel a bit at a loss as teenagers, depending on the set that they fall into. They don't do very well with very um, conformative classes and conformative subjects. They're the sort of people who live for having a bunch of people to talk philosophy to when they're slightly older and sit around and I joke, you know, with their sort of wine evenings. In the school system, they're quite often diagnosed with anxiety and depression, and they often find it difficult to learn how to spell and how to read when they're younger, but they do learn how to spell when they're older. The great advantages to homeschooling are that they really enjoy niche learning. Like I've already talked about, you know, topics such as philosophy. They tend to love um, Greek mythology when they're younger as well, but they can similarly, you know, have diverse interests between literature and you know, cosmology, and quite happily want to to have interests in both. And one of the groups online that really reminds me of this actually is Brain Pickings, if you haven't come across them. And they did a fantastic evening um, last weekend called um, Universe in Verse, where they really brought together poetry, art, and creativity with the interest of the universe around us. And there were a number of scientists, very eminent scientists, who've written poetry. So these are really these people. And this is, again, homeschooling allows you the potential to expose them to so much that you wouldn't necessarily do. You would do very rigid classes where you wouldn't necessarily sit down and write um, a poem about the universe. You might write a poem or you might study astronomy in science or study physics, but you won't find a class module together in school. They tend to get better academic grades when they're outside of the system, and they tend to have better expression. And they tend to have less need to fit in, so they have less anxiety and less depression. However, one of the pitfalls, ironically, of being at home is they tend to be the teenagers who feel like their parents know nothing. I know everyone goes through a phase of that, but they especially go through a phase of this. And so they tend to engage better outside of the home. And so again, external engagement at the moment to people that they do find interesting 
really matters. And I often find that myself and the teaching team can say the same things as parents have been saying for years, but because we say it, it's different to the parents saying it, even more so than for other personalities. And these are the people that when we do homeschool, I always know that there will be an element of needing external classes. One of the big pitfalls at the moment is, is that they're often not good at self-motivation or having a release button, and they can very easily spiral into a dark space. And ironically, though they hate rules, they really crave routine. And so there is a routine when they're going to school, and when they refuse to go to school, if that routine completely goes out the window, and they stop doing all exercise, and they start staying up really late at night to watch really interesting videos and so on and not getting up till midday. It's it's a difficult cycle to, to break and it's a very easy cycle for them to get into. And then it makes them extra difficult to relate to the people in the home and it always ends up in an argument. So those are the kind of cycles that you really want people to not go into at the moment. And you do want there to be enough diversity in each day and enough interest for them to be motivated. Um, and they do need a lot of um, validation and encouragement, and they have a real need to prove themselves. So you really need to take the time to give that extra encouragement and that extra validation at the moment. If they are lucky enough to be working with teachers in the system, one of the things that they really gain from that is their, their approval and their sense of grading and how they're actually doing. That, that keeps them on track. Okay, so that's the birds of paradise. So I'll move on to the third group next. Okay, so the third group are called badgers. And often these students are seen to be good at sports and rubbish at everything else in school. They have massive imaginations as children, um, so much so that they quite often struggle to get all the words out and tell you the story articulately. Um, they often find it very hard to sleep as children. Um, they're the ones that are seen to sort of bounce off the walls and stay up really late and not have a good sleeping routine. They tend to be massively money focused. Um, unlike other children who don't have awareness of making money, um, they do from a very young age. On the school system, uh, typically they're seen as hyper attention seeking, cheeky, disruptive, and the classic label is ADHD with all of that benefits to homeschooling. It can be massively engaging, providing there's diversity in it and providing you're not expecting them to just sit at a screen on Zoom calls. They actually have a need to not sit down. And in fact, if you can set it up so that they can stand up and walk around, they'll concentrate better. One of the things that homeschooling offers you is a more practical approach. So at the moment, um, cookery, DIY, um, if you're lucky enough to be able to do any carpentry, um, if you've got a, a garden shed, if you're interested in, if you have a garden to actually plant in, all of those really practical skills, they will really benefit from doing, even more so than other people. They actually physically need to be doing things. And if you've got something that they can fix or learn how to fix with you, if you're interested in car mechanics and so on, it really is fantastic for them. These people often don't go on to do well in education. Um, they do much better in the business world. And in fact, the only type 
of education that they generally do well in is some sort of business and marketing. They can really benefit at this time, again, by seeing the stories of innovation and how to set up a small business. And actually, there's lots of entrepreneuring people. And I think one of the funniest stories I read at the very beginning was this student who was expelled from school for selling hand sanitizer by the squirt to his classmates and making quite a lot of money. Um, so obviously I'm not encouraging people to do that, but there are other opportunities out there. Like these are the people who end up with the lemonade stalls outside their front doors when they're really young and then go on, you know, to have corporations and huge enterprises. Those are the people that we read those stories of. So there's a lot to think about at the moment. And in fact, they would gain more out of doing that along with all of the practical things to do around the house than they would in sitting on a lot of Zoom calls. Ironically, these people, very few of them are actually traditionally homeschooled. They really enjoy the social aspect of school and the team sports and the hands-on activity and the sense of feedback and praise within the system and so on, that they don't tend to be people who drop out and end up homeschooling. So, And they're not the, the sort of children that homeschooling families embark on a homeschooling road for because they see them you know as being quite different when they're younger and that they need to do something different these are the children who are homeschooled because they're the siblings of people like that and then they end up being part of the process so now it's very unusual for them to be at home and if they don't tend to get the academic side of school if that doesn't tend to be what they gain the most out of it, it's certainly not what your focus should be now for them to gain the most out of this time. The opportunity to think about setting up a small business would be much more constructive. And again, you know, as I said, car mechanics, gardening, cookery, um, DIY, repainting their bedroom, any of those things they will really thrive on. And one of the other pitfalls that you really need to look for at the moment is that they, because they do enjoy school because of the social aspect, the main reason for them to be on a Zoom call with other people is to be funny and having banter. And they're probably the people causing disruption and making lots of the funny jokes and making all, you know, uh, a lot of the sideline entertainment actually for a lot of other people. But they, they, they need that time more than ever. So that's the, the third group, the badgers. And I'll move on to the final group now. Okay, this is the last group, the zebras. Again, we're in a category of people who it's very common for them to have school refusal, um, probably from younger ages than most. Uh, they tend to be incredibly stubborn. They only want to do things their way. There's a huge aspect of control quite often. Unfortunately, I have worked with a lot of people where there tends to be violence towards those closest to them. And there's an element of taking out their frustrations on the people closest to them, which isn't always seen outside. Um, quite often when they're very young, there's an aspect of loss in translation. You'll ask them one question and they'll answer something entirely different. And it's quite funny because whereas other people will be quite unsure of themselves and check with you what they mean, there's a sense almost of arrogance with them and a self-assurance that it has to be about this, so this is the answer they give you. When people are being generous in the school system, 
they will label them as being gifted, but quite often they will label them as obsessive instead. They don't tend to play with toys when they're younger. I describe them as collectors of toys, and they will have favourite cards or characters or sets of things that they're very into. Pokemon quite often features very highly, but lots of other cartoons. And they can be into very niche um, animation films as well. They're very often labelled with a whole mixture of labels from Asperger's syndrome to dyslexia to anxiety. In fact, they tend to collect labels within the system. So the benefits of homeschooling. Obviously, a lot of these people arrive to homeschooling um, because they get really frustrated within the school system. They love specialist topics. They, They will have specialist topics from very young ages. And those can range from, you know, interests in chemistry and astronomy to dinosaurs to obscure Japanese characters um, from animation films. It can be anything, but they will always have a specialist topic. An awful lot of them really love history. And they will, there's a great, um, there's great projects at the moment to do parallels between this pandemic and say the Spanish flu or the plague of the 1300s, they would really revel in looking at that. They love data. They will always correct you on dates and facts. They're incredibly factual people. Um, They love knowledge and quizzes. There is a massive creativity there, but it tends to be a bit different. They're brilliant at animation. Um, They make very good um, film directors. It's a very visual type of creativity, very specifically. Um, One of the things that really young children will really enjoy doing is even making flipbook characters. They are hugely strategic. Um, If we were living in wartime, I often joke that these are the people that often make the generals. They have a great understanding of patterns and of strategy. Um, They're great in scientific research. Um, They're hugely drawn to the facts and to the analytical process of being. And they're the people who actually stay working within analytical science. So again, there's a huge amount of information. There's a huge amount of very open source papers being produced at the moment. And Google Academia is accessible to people at the moment as well. So there's a lot, again, there's a huge um, exposure of information that you wouldn't normally get to show students available on the net at the moment. So really high-level research papers and so on that you wouldn't normally get to see until university level, which is very useful for these students. Again, the pitfalls for them, there's a real lack of social engagement. You can get into a spiral of being on the Xbox for as many hours as humanly possible. In fact, as soon as the Xbox arrives in the homes of these students, I often find there's a great deal of arguments. The challenge is, though, that in one sense it can be good because it it is a a, a whole expression world. And I think one of the best classes I've heard that was sent home was for a child to teach the parent about their gaming world. Um, which I think is a fantastic idea because I think too many parents feel too alienated from it. And it is, it's a whole world. There's characters, there's a whole backstory to the characters. There's so much engagement with other players in this way and in having a a profile online. 
But the danger with it is that it is a profile online and it's not the real world. And I suppose I have worked with people who spent years outside of society and it's a safer space for them to be in that virtual world than it is to go back out to the real world. So that's one thing to be to be quite careful of at the moment. They don't tend to find their tribe very easily and obviously that's very difficult to do at the moment. So if they have had any sort of niche clubs that they've been going to, like even if it's, um, like they tend to be brilliant at chess, they really enjoy those um, figurines that you make out of solder and you paint yourself and the, the reenactments. If any of that is happening online at the moment, it'd be really good to keep that up. And because they do find it hard to both compare themselves to others, but also to translate other people's emotions, they quite often end up feeling not, not feeling clever and, and not feeling intelligent. So that is, I think, one of the biggest boosts that you can give them to make them feel that they do have talents and do have a knowledge base because they have a, it's like they have a, an extraordinary amount of information um, stored in their heads. So that's the last group, the zebras. I hope that's helpful for people to, to find the descriptions of their own child and to think about what you should be promoting at the moment within homeschooling and thinking about where some of the potential pitfalls are and what you need to bring in from outside to avoid those. So thank you.